All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Weathers Nation Radio episode 204 is here. Only a couple of days after we recap the season. Bag Milk Tyler here, but we got a couple of recruits. We've got Liam and Zach sitting in for Rick and Dan. Plenty to talk about today. But as we do every week, we're going to start off with our delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. With 17 locations and counting, the world domination begins or continues, I should say, for our friends at Oodle Noodle. Check out a location near you. Or if you're feeling lazy like I tend to do on Fridays, you can always order it through DoorDash. Ding dong. Liam, give me a ding dong, would you? Ding dong. Thank you very much. Tyler, as you do every week, you give us our delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. What do you have this week? Yeah, I'm clicking into off-season mode, which means I want to do exactly zero prep at all for any of my podcasts. So mm-hmm. I put out a tweet from our ON Radio podcast account saying, we want your take. In your opinion, what's the biggest off-season question for the Oilers? Um, do we want to give our questions first and then get to what the listeners think? Or do the listeners... And then get it first. I'm going to give our guests the first crack at this. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I'm good with that. I have no thoughts going through my brain right now. So <laughs> no, you're up first. Yeah, you're up first. <laughs> yeah, you're up first. So your take. Yeah. Oh, we really? want your yeah, take. Yeah, What's yeah. the biggest question? On the spot. Oh, God. Biggest questions. Running biggest question for the offseason 2022. I mean, it's got to be a Van Kane, right? Like that's probably the biggest thing for the Oilers going into this offseason is do they and are they able to re-sign Evander Kane? I'm in the camp that you let him walk right now because I think the money is going to be too high. And I think I would rather have a better sum of parts in Yesa Puliyarvi and Kyler Yamamoto, which you could get for what Kane is asking for right now. Or less. Or less. What if you could get all three? That would be neat, but I don't think that Evander Kane should be the priority. Like scoring goals was never really the issue for the Edmonton Oilers this year, even before Evander Kane, right? 
Like to me, goaltending truly should be the number one priority. And that should be trying to sign Darcy Kemper, which is a Vander Kane money. If you look at a Vander Kane, um, the thing that I think with him is I, I would like to have him back, but based on the season he had 22 goals, 17 assists and 43 games in the regular season, 15 goals and 13 assists or sorry, 13 goals and four assists through 15 games in the playoffs. He probably just priced himself out. Yeah, probably. Like if he would have came here and scored like 12 goals in the regular season, but then we're probably not talking about signing him, right? So it was just one of those yeah. things where it was mutually beneficial for the last few months. If, if I could get him to a two-year deal, I'd probably sign Kane. And at two years, I'd probably be comfortable going like 7 million just because I think you're getting an effective player who will be motivated and not screwing around. If you got to go to three years, it's dicey. Three plus. If you're getting a four, it's just a non-starter for me. You know, it's like one of those things where unfortunately you have to take into account the player's history in past teams. And there's some welcomes that have been worn out allegedly in my opinion. So I think the term is the, the scarier part. I guess I'll ask you just since we're talking about Kane, what would be your max term and money? I said in the mailbag this past week, uh, 6 million by three would be absolute max, but he doesn't take that. Yeah. Three by six is my max too. Um, you know, if he wanted to do something weird, like four by four, which he wouldn't. Um, so yeah, three by six, I'd go two by five, two by five. You wouldn't pay a Vander Kane five and a half million dollars. Okay. Yeah. I'd probably pay him five and a half. You wouldn't pay a Vander Kane $5.6 million. I mean, if you had to, (laughs) sure. But like realistically points, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 5.235. Um, okay. Yeah. I'd probably do three years. Six or seven. I think that's what I would do. I don't know. Yeah. Like if you're going to get them, you got to get to this six, $7 million mark on any sort of term, probably. Right. But but again, I say five being a guy who's not like high at all on resigning him in the first place. So my question is is like, it's just not much else out there like him. Right. And he was so effective here. Like it's kind of like, okay, well you made it to the Western conference finals with him. Mm -hmm. And now how close are you without him? Well, and there's also, how do you, replace him, not just in terms of the goals, but the way he plays, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've been looking for the ideal winger for, and again, I don't think he's coming back anyway, but we've been looking for the ideal winger for Connor McDavid since he's talked here. And that's basically it. Yeah. The closest we got, he's big. He's yep. Patty Maroon was great. Um, but Kane's big. He can skate. He's tough. He can, you know, he defended Connor any chance he needed to. Um, I still don't think he's back. I'm just a little bit like looking around the league. I'm just so confused about who will even be in on this guy. Like, I just don't see a fit. Don't you see him like, don't you see him signing with a garbage team for a lot of money though? So like, is he going to sign with the Seattle Kraken for seven and a half million dollars? Would he? Maybe, maybe. I mean, if he needs money, I guess that's a pretty big market for him, but, but they, and they, they're a team that wants to create offense this off season too. Like that's one of their big priorities going into the off season is, is doing that. So maybe Vander Kane, come on down. I think the question is with the Vander Kane too, is, it's actually a pretty good free agent pool and trade pool for the top, top guys. So what is it? New Jersey and Philly are the big dogs this summer. Yeah. It seems right. Like, well, not so much Philly cause they don't have money. They have to clear out money if they're going to do anything, oh, but Jersey, Jersey, Jersey will be hungry. They're in on everyone. I feel yeah. like Evander Kane's going to be like six or seven on most teams lists. It's like, we want to pay this guy seven or 8 million. Right. Well, and they're probably going to take into account all the stories and the, whatever, the, and whatever age. Yeah. He's 30 years old. So, yeah, like, you know, I mean, I think we can all put it this way in saying that Evander Kane isn't going to be signing the first contract of the day on July 7th. 
No, no. Right. Like, I think he might, he might be a guy who has to wait. Maybe, maybe he waits it out and the, the market doesn't formulate and he circles back to Edmonton. So like, but, let's look at some of the teams that have the most cap space. Buffalo. He's not going back to Buffalo. No. Anaheim, I don't know that they would be interested based on what they're doing. Like now nope. there's rumors that John Gibson might be available, perhaps, potentially. Um, I don't I couldn't see it. Steve Eisenman in Detroit, I, I doubt it. But maybe. Arizona Coyotes, no way they want to pay that money. Yeah. They don't have it. Although the people at ASU might like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe Evander Kane would like it at ASU. Maybe. Might be a scene. Hey, you know what? Evander Kane signs in Arizona. He can just walk out the front door of the arena. Nobody knows who the fuck he is. That's probably a pretty good situation for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Calgary. I was talking to Princey about this actually this morning. I was like, do you think they would have any interest? Cause they have some money. He's like, no, none. He's just like, they've got so much to do and players that they need to prioritize. But if they of- lose Goudreau. Can you sure. Imagine? Fine. Can you imagine the first BO next year and Kane's in red Kane and Lucic flying down the wings. Yeah. But like, if that's the case, if they sign Goudreau, go for it. I guess if you're going to sign a Vander Kane to a, like a big long-term contract, which is probably what he would need to go to Calgary or anywhere really um, at 30 years old without McDavid as a center. Okay. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, it can make sense. Good. I mean, uh, from a Calgary perspective, I'm trying to think of it like he fits objectively, he fits the bill, but like, is that the, where you want to spend that much money? I don't know. But if Johnny's asking for 10, maybe. Mm. Right. I mean, I have a hard time seeing Calgary let Johnny walk. I think you will. I think Johnny might not care what they think. Yeah. That's, that's what that's I fair. think too. Right. That's fair. I don't disagree with that, yeah. but that's why I say like, I could very see, very much see Calgary overpaying to keep Goudreau. Uh, I, you know, the little exercise we did where I was like 5.5. Sure. If I, I could see Johnny doing that with tree living, being like, Oh, you don't want me to go to market. What's the most you're willing to pay me? 10 mil over eight years. And Johnny being like 10.5, 10.5. And be like, Oh, we can't lose him over 500 K. And then Johnny being like 10.6, 10.8. Other teams that was some space for next year, Colorado, not going to happen. I don't no, think they got bigger fish to fry. New Jersey. Absolutely possible. I Ottawa, think they're going to be, I think, I think Jersey is going to be really horny for Kevin Fiala. Mm. get that Swiss connection going on their second line. He Fiala. Then they'll have like Hughes and Brat on the top line. I think, I think you might see Fiala end up there. Uh, Ottawa's got a bunch of space. Maybe. I don't know. Evander Kane apparently wants to go to a bigger market. I don't think he wants to play in Canada. (laughs) He wants to go to a bigger market where you have to take a 50 minute ride out to the arena. Yeah. So the the biggest market then would be LA, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think LA is signing. I don't think LA would Pittsburgh. They've got big, they won. They got to get Malcolm and Latang. Like, not sign Malcolm and Latang and sign Evander. Washington's instead. interesting if there is any like truth to the Nicholas Backstrom talk. Like, what may, is it? Context. He might be just too banged up to keep playing. Oh, really? It's been spit around like a little bit, not like a firm rumor or anything, but there was a lot of talk. Someone said, what he kind of had to play through at the end of the season was like pretty intense. And I'm not saying it's likely at all, but like, you know, if it's back from going on LTIR and all of a sudden they have an extra $9.2 million, they'd probably need a centerman, but maybe we knew they like came before. Right. That's I didn't realize he only played 47 games this year. Uh, back from that is. Yeah. And apparently when he did come back, it was like tough for him to get going. What was the injury? I think it's his back. I don't know yeah. for sure though. Can't fuck with backs. Just going to throw one, throw one out there quickly. What about Cadre to Washington? If that's the case. That would make sense. sense. You know what my conspiracy theory is? Go for I it. I want to hear it. Malkin to Washington. Mm. Could you imagine? 
Oh man, that'd be spicy. Mm. You got a guy like uh, Flurry who's just like, I don't even play for the Penguins anymore, but I'm not going to Washington. Fuck you guys. And Mal can just be like, I will switch sides. <laughs> He's I, just like, pay me the money. I'm there. I actually always liked the color red. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, okay. So there you go. Evander Kane, obviously a big question. Ken Holland in his press conference the other day said he wants Evander Kane back. Will they be able to afford it? I personally don't think so, but we'll see. Liam, what is your biggest off season question? I, I think Mike Smith, hmm? like he kind of threw a, a wrench in the plans. I guess you could say when he was like, I don't know if I'll play next season. And he's like, well, you're under contract to play next season. We, everyone assumed it was going to be you and Skinner, but now the Oilers like, who are they going to gain goal? It's not exactly a good goaltending market either. Like you said, mm-hmm. Kemper before, yeah. but also we were going into that Colorado series being like, oh, I can't wait to play Kemper. And what's wrong with his eye? You know? Yeah, exactly. And then you look at other guys. Holtby's had two opportunities now to sign in Edmonton. What do you, what no you snickering at over there? Ah, uh, just his eye thing. I started thinking about him wearing an eye patch like a pirate and it made me laugh. <laughs> I would like to see that. It's you don't often see NHL goalies wearing eye patches. Yeah, like the Oilers have to really beef up the right side of their D because they're like he can't see. <laughs> Chris Russell plays every game because he's blocking shots on camera. Hey, we shouldn't joke about it. Serious eye injury. You don't mess with eyes. Um, but I just that that was funny. I don't know. I Mike Smith is an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Liam. Yeah, but there's sorry just to keep going on it. Holby didn't want to sign here last year when he had the opportunity. And he was right? banged up too, wasn't he? Well, he was signed here? in. Um, he was banged up this year. Yeah. Games, right? Yeah, because yeah. Dallas had four goaltenders at one point, and then the four <laughs> string ended up being Jake Ottinger. Yeah, right. Oh and my he god, came through. Like, there's just not a lot of names. I mean, I might be in the minority here, but I don't like Vili Huso. I don't think he has a good. He's not proven record. enough. No, he's had one season. He wasn't even that good in the American League. He kind of came up. I don't even know if you could say he got hot. I think he just had a good season. Yeah, but do you want to run that risk? of having Billy Huso and Stuart Skinner, two goalies who really haven't had a proven themselves properly. Right. So here's my thought on it. It's going to be Stuart Skinner and a literal bag of bones beside him. And whether that's, so you think Mike, Mike Smith, Smith is coming back, say, whether Smith's it's back. Mike Smith or some <laughs> other 39 year old goaltender, like Holland loves his old goalies. Like he's not, yeah, this is the year Jimmy Howard's coming back. Right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like Chris Osgood is just like, I haven't played in years, but I'm in. But you have to look long term too, right? So going into this offseason, the Oilers have a what, $7 million in cap space. Next year, they open up $26 million. It's a lot of cash. And Ken Holland okay. shows he's dangerous with cap space, baby. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, to be fair, he actually didn't do a terrible job with it last year. Like, uh, I don't think he did a terrible no, job. No, he didn't do a terrible job. No, because no, like, if you yeah, think about it too, like free agency, we're like, Cody, CC, come on. And then all of a sudden, as the year went on, Tyler confesses how attracted he is to Cody, CC, and exactly. he ends up being quietly solid for the entire year. Yeah. The Hyman See, move was a slam was dunk. Nude was solid. Yep. I like it. Well, um, here's, here's a couple of the that. old goalies then. Flurry. He's not, not coming. He's not coming. No. Thomas Grice. Yeah. He maybe. But like, maybe, but like that's not who you if want. If their goaltending tandem next year is Stuart Skinner <laughs> and Thomas Grice, they're missing the playoffs. They will miss the playoffs despite <laughs> oh. leading the NHL in goal scored. Okay. Here's another one. Halak. I'm just naming old goalies oh, just to kind of go off. Yep. Oh, I could absolutely see it being Halak. 100%. Um, and then the next... Staylock return. He's 34. It's <laughs> always oh, a baby. So one of the name I kind of peaked at two, I guess Casey the Smith. Uh-uh. Okay. You're going to say no to this one too. Then Scott Wedgwood. 
Oh, good God. He had a 9-10 save percentage with Arizona this season. If, if we're trying to win a fucking Stanley Cup, you better go do better than Scott Wedgwood. I agree, oh, but totally. there's just nobody here. Yeah, that's it. That's so you got to make a trade. So, so who would be available in a yeah, trade? I don't know. So my take on this is follow the breadcrumbs of where Mark Andre Fleury goes. If Fleury <laughs> signs in, <laughs> go on. I'm ready. If Fleury signs in Minnesota, yep. I don't think they're running back Talbot Fleury. The Bring, back Talbot. Bring back Dadbot. Bring back Dadbot. If Fleury signs in Colorado, someone's shaking loose there. It's Kemper. You go sign Kemper. If Flurry signs in Vegas, go get Leonard. If Flurry signs in Pittsburgh, go get Jari. The last two are probably not happening. I just threw them out there. That the first two though. are the most likely ones. You either get Talbot or you get Kemper. One of them will be the Oilers starter next year. How much would Kemper be? Is he a six million dollar goalie? I don't even know how much he made this year. Six and change, I think. I would say probably four and a half this year. Yeah, I, I think he, yeah. he gets a raise. Um, how old is he again? Thirty two. Thirty two. Three years by five and a half million. Yeah, that's reasonable because you got like, I think long-term Stuart Skinner projects as like the Oilers goaltender of the future right now. Hopefully he's 32 and has played in the NHL since 2012 and has played over 50 games twice as a star. This was well, that's why he'd year. be good for it with Skinner, right? Like you're mm-hmm. going to end up playing Skinner a lot. There's going to be runs where Skinner looks good. And we have this weird debate about like, Oh, it's Darcy. Wow. Why they signed Kemper? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think you having, need a guy to a Kemper Skinner duo. I think would be really, really good for this team. You need a guy so. to shelter Skinner yeah. as he's learning the ropes. Like I have full faith in him to be able to do it, but like, you don't want to be like, all right, Stewie, you're in buddy. <laughs> There's too much pressure at this point. You got a shutout in your last game. How yep. are you not handling this? Stuart well? Skinner will be continuing a shutout streak when he gets his first start next <laughs> season. That's wild. But I think like if they could get Kemper, having a guy like that kind of protecting Skinner, giving him, I don't know, 30 games. That's what I was wondering too. What would be, how many games would you want to see Skinner play? My dad and I had this debate yesterday. What does your dad think? Yep. He said, he said 30 to 35. That's, that's probably reasonable. Weird, but he said, if you have Mike Smith back, Mike's is Mike Smith going to be a starter for that many games? Mm-mm. Just no. based off health alone. Didn't Holland yeah. say like Smith was injured basically yeah. all year? Yeah, he basically said that Smith yeah. was banged up yeah. all season. So yeah, I think a good split if you have a guy like Kemper is he gets 50 mm. games and Skinner gets 32. I think that's... Yeah, I think I think that's the ideal situation. I think and it's the only option. Problem solved. Yeah. You're welcome. So here's <laughs> All right, the, Ken, let's get her done, buddy. Here's an interesting question. Who helps the Oilers win more, Darcy Kemper or Evander Kane? Darcy Kemper. 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 Well, there you go. We literally saw it the last two games. Of, not to throw it on Smith, but yeah. when you needed a save, it wasn't there. So, and, and this well, is, that was the wild thing about Smith for me. It was just kind of like, he could have games where I was at game three against Colorado. He was so fucking good. Until he wasn't. Yes. And that's, that's the, thing. the thing with Mike Smith. Sorry, Zach, I cut you off. No, I, I was just going back to what I said initially about the whole Evander Kane thing. Like, should we really be prioritizing Evander Kane is the guy to bring back here when we have a guy like Darcy Kemper, we could potentially be getting in free agency who would help take the Oilers to that next step. Like that's, that's just the way that I look at it. So, I think. but that's why it's so tough for Ken Holland or like he needs some decisions right away because okay, if Smith comes back, you're if Smith decides he's going to come back, your goaltending is set because you can't just go spend big money on a third guy and lose Skinner on waivers. So if Smith's coming back, then maybe it opens up the door for Kane. If Smith isn't coming back, then you can't bring back Kane because you need to prioritize spending money on a goalie. Mm -hmm. And it's just all a little messed up. So like the order of operations here is actually pretty confusing. I'm just going to throw this out. Actually just came in my head right now. If Smith comes back, but you have an opportunity to get Kemper, would you not sacrifice Skinner to get Kemper? 
No. <sighs> you wouldn't do that. Nope. I mean, I would do it. I would do it. Nope. Because this I, team is right. I know they got to win now. Like, and there's I, no guarantee that Skinner is going to be anything. Exactly. Yeah. I believe in him, but there's I, no guarantee. I, do too. I think Skinner, I think Skinner could be a good NHL goalie, but mm, what's an interesting th- question. 13 games. But like, if you have a chance to get Kemper, I'd be like, sorry, Mike Smith. You're I, the one that goes on waivers. I my would, guy. I would do that too. But I just like Zach's point. Ken likes his older players. I know. Yeah. I would take the one in 1.1 million in dead cap space and bury Smith. Yep. And at that point, like if you sign Kemper to a deal, I even said this earlier in the season. If you sit down Mike Smith and say, you want to come back? Great. You're going to Bakersfield. I have a funny feeling his decision to come back may change. Yeah. Mike mm-hmm. Smith is not riding the bus for his no. 41st year of his life. Or to Schmitty battle. <laughs> or to Schmitty battle. And all of a sudden, hey, you know what? Maybe he could go down there and he's buying the boys lunch and shit. They, they'd love him. And then he goes down and he like scores three goals for the Condors. Like, just <laughs> every week like, oh, Mike Smith does it again. Did you actually just a, a little AHL story? Did you see the James Neal thing? Why no. he got, so he is obviously playing yeah. in Springfield right now and he, he was going to retire. And then I guess a bunch of guys on St. Louis, like Ryan O'Reilly and a couple of the veterans were like, no, like just go play and just like, you'll be back here in no time. <laughs> Obviously never went back, but he said he just found this like new love for the game all of a sudden. Cause he was mm-hmm. like scoring so many goals. He was playing so much. Like, Guys were chirping him all the time because he was like relevant again to yeah. chirp. And he's like, I just love it. He's like, and I'm going to play again next season in the AHL. He's like, I just love playing hockey again. He That's was almost really a point cool. per game guy. Yeah. yeah. He had a goal. I don't know what game it was, but it was like a second left to like send Springfield to the next round or something like that. Good so, for James. That's, that's just awesome. Yeah. Third line, McLeod, Holloway, Neal. Bring him no. back and pay him twice. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> he's bought out and he's like, fuck um, I, I can't see back to your point though. I can't see any scenario where uh, Skinner isn't on the roster. I can't either. I guess I should have backed that up as well. But like, I think if it came down to that Kemper over Skinner, I would go to me. The answer is easy. It's like, go for Kemper. Even if Smith is coming back and be like, sorry, Mikey. Yeah, you're, uh, that, that's the answer. I apologize to you, but it's this pro sports is a cold motherfucker. You, my said friend. you might not be ready. I wasn't sure. <laughs> So this is, a, this is the quote from Ken Holland that I really liked from this week. One of the things you need is an internal push. I said this yesterday in the room. If you're 24 and under, we need you to take a bigger piece of the pie. So he is speaking directly to Yesapuliarvi, Stuart Skinner, Kyler Yamamoto, Evan Bouchard, Ryan McLeod, Philip Broberg, and Dylan Holloway. I liked that. And us. And us. Well, I'm over actually, 24. I'm over. I'm over. I'm also. I've had my push. Sorry, guys. No, he's not talking to us. Um, yeah. Like, I think that is something to remember as you well. You may not be under 24, Connor, but pull your shit together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the right side of the blue line next year. Everyone's like, oh, how can you get it better? How can you get it better? I think it's reasonable to expect Evan Bouchard takes a step forward next year and is better in his own end mm-hmm. and is a more yep. complete D-man and he gets the power play time and all that stuff. And, you know, you talk about, look at how good Ryan McLeod played in that last series. God, yep. was awesome. he, he went, was. he started um, doing this off memory, but he started the season at something like six, seven minutes a night, finished at over 20. Yeah. So, I mean, expecting McLeod to take a step forward, reasonable, expecting Holloway to burst onto the scene. Like that could happen. Yamamoto to take a step forward. Like these are things that very well could happen. And it's a natural progression of becoming a contender. I think is you have some of these young pieces you've drafted and developed really come into their own. And maybe that happens next year. And we're talking about how, you know, how can the Oilers get better? How can the Oilers get better? Maybe there's a part of it too, that, 
just sees them naturally get better because the young guys take on a bigger piece of the pie, as Holland said. But you also can't assume that. I know. Because they assumed that in 2017 and they missed the playoffs. Yeah. You can't do an Eberle for Strom for Spooner here is what I'm saying. Well, with some of these guys, yeah. Don't overthink it. It's mm-hmm. actually a fairly simple offseason for the Oilers. It's like Most of the core is one, coming back. Yeah, they have one big spot that they need to fill in as goaltending. Uh-huh. Then you have the Van Kane factor. But then besides that, you have so many good players coming through the system. Just plug and play. Is it maybe I'm underthinking it, but it just seems like, okay, grab a couple of veteran guys in free agency, fill your holes, and then off you go and That's try what and she do said. it again. Yeah. Oh, come on. Man. Uh <laughs> Before you say it, no, I don't think Duncan Keith is retiring also. No. no. We're not going to get that lucky. People love DMing us that question though. Is Keith going to retire? It's like, yeah, no. It's it's just not going to happen unless somehow they can do a... All of a sudden, Duncan Keith makes five and a half million dollars as a pro scout to watch the Kelowna Rockets. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> you can dream, but it won't happen. Uh, Tyler, what is your biggest offseason question? How they handle the RFA forwards. I think the Kane thing, I've kind of, I, I'm not really thinking they're going to bring back Evander Kane. I'm living my life with the assumption Smith is gone um, and they need a new goalie. So the big question for me is how they handle these RFAs. What are you doing with Ryan McLeod? Is Ryan McLeod getting a two year deal? Is Ryan McLeod getting a five year deal? Is Kyler Yamamoto getting a six year deal or a two year deal? Is Yes Puliarvi getting traded for Dominic Kubelik or is Yes Puliarvi getting brought back next year? Does Yessa Puliarvi want to take a one or two year show me deal again with the Edmonton Oilers? Or does he say, no, we're going to arbitration. And then does Ken Holland say, okay, well then I'm trading you because I'm not taking your arbitration case. The RFA forwards, that's everything for me. What would you guys do in there? Like I I can't see any scenario. And I was talking about this on real life yesterday where the Oilers win any trade with Puliarvi. He just didn't have the good back half of the year. What if it's like, uh, and ultimately like, even though he didn't score as we would have liked him to, um, I think confidence obviously came into play. I think there was injuries there coming back after COVID. He didn't look the same. He still does good things on the ice. You need to prevent goals also. And he does that. Mm -hmm. And I think he got better. Is it like soon game by game in the playoffs? He just got better and better. Like in that, he's um, finding his stride. What was it? Game two against Colorado, where he like unfortunately missed the net when he was wide in front. Yep. But like he's there. Yeah, he got yeah. the chance. Some guys aren't there. He he and still like even his individual numbers. He still generates tons of scoring chances. Like he does. Mm. There's no way. There's no other way about it. Like he's there. He's in the offensive zone. He's he's creating shit. Just can't seem to finish right now. I think there is one one trade I saw on Twitter the other day that I actually think. Could involve Yessa Puliarvi and the Oilers winning the deal. It's Tyson Berry and Yessa Puliarvi to the Carolina Hurricanes for Freddie Anderson and X player. Who's X? <clears throat> Whoever you want. Sebastian. I was going to say Aho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like maybe just like a maybe like a, a, a middle six depth guy. I don't know who it is. But the theory. The, yeah, they would, maybe. They would never trade him. Yeah, I, I think they love yeah, it. I like Natchez. Natchez? Natchez, Natchez. I think he's the same issue. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, but like sometimes young guys just need a second team to get going, right? So the idea is if, and I think a lot of this too, like, and people maybe aren't realizing this, you know, there's probably a chance Yesa Puliarvi sitting here being like, I'm done here. Yeah. Like, I, I do not too. want to sign here. Yeah. Like that's possible. That's mm-hmm. an area of this that needs to be said is he might sit there and say, I'm going to arbitration because we're not signing a two-year deal with you. I And that forces Holland's hand to an extent because if you go to arbitration with him, you could end up getting priced out in a weird way. I think when you look at it too, is 
The Oilers were already patient with Paul Yavi and he was patient with them too. Mm-hmm. They had a two-year run. It worked. I think overall it worked pretty well for yeah. both parties. Yeah. Paul Yavi's back in the NHL. The Oilers got a good top six forward for two years and maybe a year. Maybe it's just time. Like, I don't want to see Paul Yavi go. I think it's awesome when he scores. They put up a bison on the big screen. Yeah, like, I mean, that I- stuff's going to suck. But like, again, like if you can just... Replace him with another player, kind of like when you did with Bear and Fogel. Maybe not quite like that. I mean, you would like it, you'd like it to work bit, out for both teams, yeah. not be a loss for both teams. Yeah, but, but Fogel's a good player. He's fine. He's fine. I don't know. That's something. His contract sucks. I think you're right, Tyler. Like, if he doesn't want to be here, then what's the point of trying to push this? Yeah, and like, obviously, I don't know if he wants to be yeah. here or not, but I'm yeah, just saying, like, I think there could be a point in the negotiation where, like, Holland's like, okay, like, two years, two mil. And Pugliarvi might be like, no, I don't know. You just never know with this kind of stuff. Right. And then you get a Sam Bennett situation where he goes somewhere else and shines. And yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you get a DeBrusque situation here where it's like, okay, well you stay play until your value goes up and then we'll do whatever we can to try and move you. Obviously Boston haven't moved DeBrusque. They just fired the coach instead, but maybe that's a terrible maybe play. You just have like a working relationship where you might have to, where yeah, Holland kind of says like, yeah, the first time I get what I view as market value for you, I will trade you. Yeah. Until then keep playing. But like, mm-hmm. this is something we everybody needs to remember too. Like Holland played fucking hard with the trade market on Pooley Oh yeah. He, like, he played him. hard. Like there was more than enough opportunity for Pooley to be traded somewhere. Right. So why now after two, you know, relatively successful seasons, would you all of a sudden be comfortable selling low on Pooley every, you know, and I say selling low with you know quotation marks, right? It just doesn't make sense to me. I just, but again, if, like you said, Tyler, if, if the player wants out, then what can you do about it? Right. You mm-hmm. got to try and maximize your value in a deal that way. And, you know, hopefully nobody else around the league finds out that Pooley every wants out. He can yeah. send them edible arrangements. Mm-hmm. Everybody Bananas. loves <laughs> You You've go. really picked up a shtick here, and I yeah. like it. It's come a long way. It really has. It's just me having a couple of bananas a night, stressing. How, I don't even know how this started. Just, so we were on what was that? Real life. Yes. So Liam was on real life, and we were talking about what we were doing during the game. One of the games that was stressful, and Liam confessed that he had like four or five bananas <laughs> during the game, and we were like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I was just pounding bananas." <laughs> we're just like. Okay. And then as it turns out, he was eating multiple bananas during Oilers games often. Yeah. Got to get those potassium levels up. You know what it is? It's like, so my parents' house is, the TV is right in front and then I sit. So my parents have, have a dog, but he doesn't have like a regular dog bed. He has like a camping chair dog bed. So it's like slightly yeah. elevated. Mm-hmm. So when everyone's over, I sit on the dog bed with the dog. Right. And when I look to my left, the first thing I see is the fruit bowl. Ah. And I just see some dangling bananas. So then. Oh. I like it. <laughs> so then I just go and grab couple of bananas every time I like, that's where I pace, you know, and I grab one, snack it up. Just for the update. How many bananas did you say in game four? I had five. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, I think you're going to like, but the thing is, I don't, I don't eat them any other time. Like I don't have bananas at my own home. Just when you go to your parents to watch. All of a sudden Mumsy wants a smoothie and there's no bananas (laughs) left. Remember when like you were eating all the beets and people were like, Hey man, that like may not be good for you. I feel like you're going to have like, clogs somewhere in your uh, body. I don't know. I'm on a break now. I don't, I only eat them in the playoffs. I don't even eat them in the regular season. I'm just, I'm just that I, was, I need something. Yeah. I just gave up eating beats stuff. in the playoffs during the beat cast. I'm yeah, just like, do. I'm not doing it. Fuck this. It's, it's had a long run, man. 
I don't think that part of the bit needs to last anymore, to be honest. Why is me shitting my lungs out at 7 a.m. the next day part of this? I did it for four or five years. It's over. Biggest off-season question for me. How can I give up the beats? We'll call it the B-cast. We'll maintain that. It'll just be an homage, a tribute. Um, what's your What's your biggest question? How is Ken Holland getting to uh, free up cap space? Ultimately, like... Zach Cassian is a guy who, unfortunately, his contract's just too much. Is anybody going to take that? Do you have to run the buyout route, which I hate because the Oilers already have three and a half million in dead space next year. I don't want to do another buyout, Mm -hmm. but maybe they have to. Tyson Berry, what are you going to get in return for the guy? Because like Frank Saravalli said in his trade targets thing, it's not like the Oilers are unhappy with Berry by any means. They just, you've got Evan Bouchard and you need the space. So what does that return look like? Are you flipping a guy who was a good soldier for you for a pick? Like, is that all you get? You know, how are you going to clear cap space? You've got a lot of shit to do right now. They've only got 7 million bucks, 11 when Clef bomb goes to the LTIR, but like, how do you clear it? An interesting domino effect would be if you can get a if you can, if Seattle wants to give you a second for Barry, let's say they do. Do you sit there for your Edmonton and be like, hmm, maybe we move our first. Like if we got a pick coming at 48, maybe we move 29 and see what we can get for it. Chris Peters has said that this draft, it's not the, a great draft. The tiers he set, he said there's the group at the front, one, two, three. And then there's a group from about three or from, sorry, from about four to like 16 to 20. And then he said the next tier goes all the way to 60. He said, wow. you are getting a similar quality player from 20 to 60. So if you're the Oilers, do you sit there? And if someone's going to give you a second or even a third for Barry, do you be like, yeah, you know what? There's a couple guys. We like five, six guys, kind of all the same. Let's, let's move our first. What's trade our first, first for us? a couple of seconds or whatever. Yeah. Or you just straight up trade. Like we keep talking about like, oh, you can't lose pull your RV trade. You can't lose pull your RV trade. What does pull your RV in the first get you? A goalie. I don't think he'd cost this much, but someone floated out the idea of Mackenzie Blackwood to me. Yeah, I had somebody do that to me as well. I yeah. don't hate it. But, I don't hate it. But this is the thing again. Are you comfortable with Blackwood and Skinner, two young goaltenders next year? Blackwood at least has some experience, right? Yeah, that's so like, fair. You know, but how many? How many? Can somebody pull it up? How many games played does he have? Yeah. Well, he was banged up this year too. Well, he was, uh, and that's but, part of it as well. But anyways, the the cap. He's got 130 uh, NHL games. I, that's nothing. I agree that that's a. The cap clearing is big. I think we kind of know how they're going to try to do it, right? Like Barry's likely out the door. One of Cassian or Fogler are likely out the door. It'll be interesting to see what kind of assets they get back in these moves though, right? Like is Barry getting you a second and a third, a second or a third? Is Barry getting you a fifth? Is Warren Fogel getting you a third or a warm body for somewhere? Or is he just out? Is that Cassian getting you a fourth or are you retaining half and just getting rid of money? I don't know. To me, that's the biggest question. Yeah. The Oilers, like Liam said, you can't overthink the offseason, but at the same time, you can't fuck it up. I think Barry's probably the easiest of the bunch to move because I think he has. I think he he's has good. He's <clears throat> yeah, he's good. Yeah. He was really good down the stretch. He's got value in the market. He actually, like, I was surprised at how well he even played in his own end in the playoffs. Like, I didn't notice as many like classic Barry gaffes that maybe we would have gotten earlier. So then I would do a secondary biggest question. How can you keep Brett Kulak by trading Tyson Barry? Because I would argue he was kind of the Barry whisperer when he came over. hundred percent. I I think that's exactly what it was. Kulak really settled down Barry's game. Would you give Kulak, would you give Kulak the CC deal four by 3.25? Absolutely. 
Stoffer said four by two the other day on the radio. And I'm like, I would run to the fax machine right now. Oh, absolutely. I would give him the CC deal immediately. I'd give him four by two, (laughs) four by two, five, (laughs) like in the middle of those two. I think that'd be great value. But yeah, no, I think that's what about eight by 500,000. Yeah. You just sit there like, Hey Brett, (laughs) you kind of do like a handshake thing where you're like, Hey, one day you're going to become a scout for us. And this will be your salary for now. It's your player salary. (laughs) Whatever, man. Like, let's get greasy. We will give you your own burger. We will replace the Bobby necks with the B cools. Remember uh, when George Costanza had the human fund? Yeah. The, the Oilers are going to start a charity that's like the Kulak Foundation, mm-hmm. but it's actually just going to be money going into his pocket. And the Oilers will be like, we've announced we've donated $10 million to the Kulak Foundation. And it's just Kulak getting the money under the table. We're going to get to your biggest questions of the offseason. But first, I want to tell you about Cornerstone Insurance. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been an employee-owned business right here in Edmonton. If you go to cornerstoneins.ca, they've got all the insurance products you could ever hope to need. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, everything you need to get a claim or you can file a claim or you can get a quote right there on the website. Citizens of the Nation will get a discount if you click on the Citizens of the Nation button that's right there on the left hand side of the screen cornerstone ins.ca tyler we gave in our biggest questions yep. what about the people on twitter uh eddie gordo said it's getting a solid goalie and then he said but if you ask oilers fans the team cannot trade anyone to get that goalie except cassie <laughs> and her key <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good answer because it's so true yeah it's like it's we need so a goalie true. will you trade pull rv for blackwood no i'll trade fogel for blackwood ah okay well probably not getting blackwood so like, get get. why don't they just trade cassian for kemper you know like, well nobody wants that okay we'll Next. do it anyway go ahead uh jerry t said it says it's important to stabilize the blue line said before taking on everything else that's being discussed, a step backwards on the blue line is probably the only thing that could put us at risk of not making the playoffs. I, I don't mind that. I think the forward group will be able to score. It always will be. If you have McDavid and dry get it, bringing back Kulak and making sure the D stays solid is yep. pretty important. I like that one from Jerry. Yep. Uh, I, I like D updates always. Danny, There's always room to upgrade the D. Danny Pella, shout out to Danny, didn't understand when I said what's the biggest question because he said goaltending and defense. That's two options. We said one. Yeah, we we don't need multiple choices here, Danny. Yep. James Gunderson said still goaltending. Mm-hmm. Spencer Gilliard said, will Ken Holland finally get creative to get us out of cap trouble? And no. part of that, I wonder if they'll be able to move the Oscar Clefbaum contract. So I don't understand that one. So we talked about this a little bit before the show and Frank Cervalli talked about it today on the DFO rundown. Basically when you're operating in LTIR space, you can't, you can't accrue money throughout the year. You can't accrue cap space, which as we've seen with the Oilers last year, makes it very hard to do trade deadline deals. When you, you aren't accruing cap space, your hands are tied at the deadline, right? What do you mean accrue cap space? Yeah, this is all new to me. It's incredibly confusing. I need I, somebody to explain it better than when Ken Hall's waving his fucking hands around. And he's <laughs> like, well, the, the LTI and the 81.5 and then the 84 and the 6 and the 12 and the 13. Basically, and I don't really understand how to do it, but if you have like a little bit of cap space at the beginning of the year, that cap space kind of grows and accrues. So at the deadline, you have more cap space. So it's like your cap space accrues interest. Sort of. Whereas if you're an LTIR savings account, when you're at, when you're at LTIR and using LTIR space, you're just at the max of the cap every single day for the whole season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another option for the Oilers would be to just keep Clefbaum on the books and not put him on LTIR. 
and then like at the deadline, put them on LTIR. I think that would work. But anyways, if they can find a way to trade cleft bombs. How would that work? Like you're just going to have like a $4 million cleft bomb on your books and he's doesn't play. Like, do we at least get to see pictures of him? Uh, no. He like, does he, do we make him show up to the arena with no shirt say. on? Like, does he, does he come sit? With all the other scratches every game, yeah. Like, I, if if we're game. gonna have him on the roster, I, I I demand that he's here. I actually had a weird. I want to thought. look at him. So, like, let's say Clefbaum, let's say Clefbaum's healthy. Uh, like, he comes back here, and the Oilers doctors are like, "You're mm-hmm. cleared to play," and he says, "No, I'm not." Couldn't you suspend him? Yeah, yeah, but then then he wouldn't get paid though, right? Yeah. So, like, does Clefbaum be like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna get paid." So then he, no, I don't want want $4 million, sir. Yeah. I'm sure he would have like, this would probably be like another Eichel situation where there's like NHLPA getting involved. But if the Oilers were like, your shoulder's good, Oscar. And he's like, no, it's not like where, where did, I don't know. That's a weird hypothetical. I just thought of the other day. Again, if he's on the roster, he better be here. And I need to see those apps. So the other thing with the cleft bomb deal and potentially moving it, because again, you will have more space at the deadline. If you don't have Oscar cleft bomb sitting on your LTIR, right? If the issue with moving him is his salary this year is higher than it's been in any other year. It's 5.169. Nice. So whatever team gets him has to cut a check for 5.169 and pay him the Why money. Why do insure a long-term contract? Like that's a different question, but I guess. Frank made a comment on the DFO rundown that because of Clefbaum's pre-existing shoulder conditions, they couldn't get his contract insured. Ah, so, you know, Arizona is a team that has said... Bill Armstrong was on again, the DFO rundown with Frank and Jason and said, we are open to taking bad contracts. The one that gets talked about a lot is Shea Weber, right? And his contract is interesting because a team like Arizona, if they want to get to the salary floor could pick up $7.8 million in cap space while only paying Weber a million bucks. And that contract's insured the cleft bomb deal. They would be getting $4.1 million in cap space, having to cut a check for $5 million and it's not insured. So yeah, moving cleft bomb is very, very difficult. Yeah. It doesn't sound very So nice. it sounds like he's on LTIR again. Probably. Unless he's here with mm-hmm. no shirt on. Can you imagine? Well, that's a thing that I like. I've, I was talking about this with quads from Canucks army the other day. Like one thing that the Oilers never seem to get a pass on from everybody is that they basically lost either a top pairing or a second pairing. However you look at it, defenseman in Clefbaum and Larson Larson obviously had personal reasons why he went to Seattle and that's fine. We don't begrudge him for that, but they basically lost a top pairing for nothing. Zero. Yeah. It sucks. <sighs> that doesn't happen anywhere. They also got Cody CC for zero though. Huh? Very handsome. Great abs. Handsome chap. Uh, Spiced Oil said lots of rumors about jerseys over the season. Do we see some new threads for 22-23? So it's going to be... Tommy G said, Tom Gazzola said they're going back to the blues, aren't they? Royal blue, which is a white jersey, the navy as an alternate, and a reverse retro McFarlane are the four next year. No more jerseys. No more. Well, because wasn't the thing like I read this, I don't remember where I read this, that the Oilers didn't really, like the players themselves didn't really like the orange jerseys. I heard they really liked the reverse retros last year. Well, those are sharp. Yeah, those are. Those and they are only nasty. wore them what, like three times? Yeah, and well, it was supposed to be two, and I think the players were like, "We like these," and they added two more, and they ended up wearing them like four times or three times. What the reverse retros should be the road jerseys. They I love be. those. They were super nice. Super nice. I loved all the orange. What else we got? Uh, Electronic Jordan said, I think realistic question with the most impact of the team is goaltending. Can Skinner start a full season? And who is the other? 
he added Kane's not a realistic option. The three forward and he RF- doesn't play in net. Yeah. Um, and then he said the forward RFAs are important, but not as impactful as goaltending. Um, and I think that's interesting. I'd like again. to see some kind of Shohei Otani situation where there's a power forward that also plays net. Yeah, it's like all right, Skinner's playing tonight, and they just got the guy out taking warm ups as a forward. Yeah. What about Chris Russell? Like, what if he threw on the goalie pads? We've done this before, but which Oiler would be the best goalie? Oh, he like I've I just still assume in my heart of hearts that Chris Russell wanted to be a goalie as he was growing up, but it just cost too much. Couldn't afford. Couldn't the pads. make it happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think he was kind of forty or is he's from Caroline, right? Mm-hmm. What if they just didn't have enough players to play out, but they had four goalies, and they were like, Chris, you're actually pretty good with the puck. We need you. He's crying. He's like, I just want to be a goalie. I just want to be a goalie so bad. And quickly becomes the number one highest scoring defenseman in Medicine Higgers. Medi- what did I call Medicine him? Higgers. Yeah, I love the Higgers. Yeah. Until David Quinnville. Shout mm-hmm. out David Quinnville. All right. South side. Uh, Brandon Clean said 1A goaltending 1B. If you lose both Kane and JP, how do you replace 55 goals? These there. people are sneaking in too. I know it's super greasy. Uh, the Mad Hatter said, we're worrying about how to keep players around, essentially worrying about how to stay the same. We need to figure out how to improve and be better than last year, even though last year was good. And I think that's where the youth stepping up could be a thing, right? Like if Ryan McLeod goes from giving you like average third line minutes in the past regular season to like elite third line minutes, your team's better. So you know, we have a young team. We do. Yeah. Like our There's a couple of guys that drag that average yeah, up a little bit, you know? You know? Mm-hmm. But besides that, like, Drysaddle's still only 26. What's McDavid? 95. He's 25. I mean, he's year of birth. Yeah, so he's 97. Makes yeah, 97. Sense. Yeah. Yamamoto's young. Poyavi, McLeod, Bouchard. Nurse isn't that old. I don't believe Bouchard's young, by the way. That's fair. He's bamboozling us. I feel like he did what I want to do and went back in a draft year 20 years after he was supposed to be drafted and he just finally had the skills to make it. Nice. No one caught on. Nobody caught on. Possibility. Uh, Sean Maloney? I think I got that right. I like to call him Malugane. Yeah. Okay. So you know who I'm talking about. He said the RFAs, depending how Holland chooses to address them, this team could be set for many years or in a heap load of trouble one or two years from now. Learn from the Darnell Nurse mistake. And like with Bouchard specifically, if you trade Barry, it needs to be be coupled with cleft bombing Bouchard. Yep. Because that kid, he led the Oilers in scoring from defensemen and he barely played on the power play. So you need to be prepared for Ken or for Evan Bouchard to start getting a ton of power play time and put home like 55, 60 points next season. Mm -hmm. And you need to have him locked up so that there is none of this like, hmm? do you bring back Mike Green? Oh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Nobody's talking about that. I think he actually like filled out his retirement paperwork. I'm pretty sure you retired. Yeah. Are you not allowed to come back like a Jordan situation? Mm. You have to go play baseball first. Mike Green has to go play for the Buffalo Bisons this year, and then he's allowed to come back next year. I'd watch that. They need a catcher. Gabriel Moreno got called up. (laughs) Gabby Hive. Um, Donald Dingman said one quality D-man. 25, 40. Oh, and then he adds in goalie and Kane stuff. Donald, we said one thing. Unbelievable. Cody said a starting goalie, and then he put a nice, cute little smiley face at the end. Oh, thanks. And I think that's kind of all of them. Everyone else is more or less just the same few answers. I think we kind of covered the main four, but it's nice to see a lot of people sort of agreeing with us. Um, some people asking about Keith and retiring. Like we, we know that's not happening. Um, and yeah, that's what we got. Unless Duncan Keith really like the old body didn't, you know, I listened to that press conference of his and maybe I'm over analyzing it a little bit here, but he talked a lot of past tense. Who? Duncan Keith. I can think listen had, like if you listen to the verbiage that he used, like the one that caught me that I thought was interesting, he was asked about Mike Smith and the way Mike Smith plays and stuff like that. 
the last thing he said was, I enjoyed playing with Mike Smith. Or maybe they know that Mike Smith is done. Which is yeah. the other side of it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's Keith saying, oh, yeah, we know Smitty's retiring. Or if Keith is like, fuck, I don't know if I can keep this shit up. But again, what does Keith really have to play for? Like, he's got a one and a half million dollar salary next year. He's done everything you can in the NHL. He's done everything you can in hockey, really. Well, yeah. I think he's just uber competitive. I just I think, think he so wants too. to play. I, I, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I, I think we see Duncan Keith back here again. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me in the least. And the reality, too, is like if you take the contract out of it, which I know is impossible in a cap world, but he was fine. Not great. Not awful. He was fine. Yeah, he was pretty much perfectly average. Yeah. It's kind of like what Chris Russell was for years when he was paying, we were paying him 4 million. Yeah. yeah. Everyone disliked him because he got paid 4 million. Yeah. yeah realistically, he was fine. He was fine. I'd, bring I also, back, I'd bring back Russell next year for one mil. Absolutely. I liked about too. Duncan Keith too, is just, I watched him in the playoffs a lot and man, that guy's so dirty. Crazy. He is a filthy hockey the player. The stuff with the Rantanen was amazing. <laughs> he's just so dirty. And he's been around so long that he's the only guy in the Oilers that got those veteran breaks. Yeah. Just that one on Rantanen where basically Lumberjack chopped the back of his leg and he's just like, what? <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. Any other questions? Nope. That's all of them. Hmm. All right. Well, I've got a question then for you. How about this, Tyler? A couple of guys. Uh, I noticed Bob Stoffer uh, was mentioned just speculating. Um, what about Josh Anderson from Montreal? His name is trending on Twitter in Canada. <laughs> so Josh, Good Anderson, job, Bob last year with the Canadians, 69 games played. Nice. 19 goals, 13 assists for 32 points on an awful Habs team. He is making 5.5 until 26, 27. Does anybody have interest in Josh Anderson? He put up good box cars on a really dog shit team. Yeah, they were awful. And that will always leave me intrigued. I watched him a lot in Columbus and he, when he's going, he's good. Mm-hmm. Like he's this big body. He moves and he knows how to use his size. And Listen to that six, three, two thirty, like, Tyler. Like he can score. I think he's got a bit of that meanness in him too. Like there's so many things that are really, really tantalizing when it comes to Josh Anderson. The contract sucks. Yep. So I just, that could you make a move where potentially because the reality is Montreal's rebuilding. Frank said that Montreal doesn't want to trade him though. And that it would take an offer that blows their socks off to get it done. So if that's what, that's what scares me because I'm all of a sudden having flashbacks to last year when it was like, Hey, the Oilers like Duncan Keith. And we were all like, Oh yeah, like fine, but the contract sucks. So like, don't overpay, like make sure they keep money. And then the Oilers both overpaid and they didn't keep money. And I worry with, Anderson, we're all sitting here being like, oh, Barry for Anderson. Like, would you do it? Like, is there another piece to make the money work? Like, how would you make, how, how would you figure this out? And I'm worried it's going to be like, oh yeah, the first rounder for Anderson. And we'll all be like, oh my God. Why? What about a guy who says he does not want to do a rebuild for Montreal? Brendan Gallagher. The contract too, right? Yep. And Six gets, and a half over until 26, 27. That's too long for me. Like, I just, I don't know. I, and I'm not saying no to Josh Anderson. Um, and it's a soft J, I believe. Josh Anderson. Um, I'm not saying no to Josh Anderson. I think there is a deal that would make sense out there somewhere. It probably involves Barry going back the other way. Like, would you say no to Barry and Fogel for Anderson? Yeah. Really? I get, I'm scared by Josh Anderson because it just feels like Milan Lucic 2.0. Like that's my concern. Like it's, it's a big ticket for a long time for a guy who's been very inconsistent and hurt a lot in his NHL career. I think there's a player there. I don't disagree with it, but unless, unless Montreal magically can retain a bunch of his salary, 
I'm really not all that interested in it. If Montreal was like, we'll keep a million and match both contracts with Barry and Anderson. Yeah. Uh, the, so do that the, one for one. I don't but think they again, will though. Not even, what are you really? And the other thing too with Lucic is like his deal is going to expire when he's 35, right? And I get the 33, 34 year old seasons haven't been good for him either, but like at least Anderson's only 28. So like you might be getting some good years out of him still. Yeah, but Lucic was what, 29 when he signed in Edmonton? 28 when he signed in Edmonton? He's, yeah, he would have been like he was right in that 29. Yeah. Um, and we know how but you got a good year out of him. Oh, yeah. For you sure. got one good year out of him. One good year. So maybe you get two or three good years out of Anderson, then the deal sucks. And yeah, I guess that's a good reason to stay away. The others need offense. Yes, they've got guys that can score, but they are one injury away from not having as many guys that can score is the reality of it. Didn't we just see that? Yeah. <laughs> Zach Cassian quickly became a top six forward again. Yeah. Like wasn't ideal. No, not great. Not great. He did score, but like, you know, what would, if hypothetically Josh Anderson came to Edmonton, what would he have to do to make his contracts look better? 30 goals, 30 goals. Gotta be a 30 goal guy. Five and a half. Uh, yeah, if he, I'd say like bare minimum 25 because he'd be in the Hyman Nuge range, right? And we expect those guys to pop home 20 to 25 like goals. I expect a better season from Nuge next year. Yeah, yeah me too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say like if Anderson comes here, kills penalties, is a big body for you, and he scores you 25, 30 goals, you're probably pretty happy at five and a half million. So, God damn it, it, you guys are talking me into this. Well, and the other thing too is just like, okay, so you you lose, let's say Fogel and Barry are going the other way in this deal. Okay, so you're losing your Remchuk math, like $1.25 million in cap space in this transaction. That might give you just enough money to save on top of some existing cap space, obviously, to get Kulak back. So ask yourself, are you a better team with Barry and Fogel or Anderson and Kulak? Anderson and Kulak. Also, and that duo granted will cost you a couple million dollars more than the other duo, but hmm. so you said 30 goals just to kind of yeah. circle back. So he had two power play goals last season at 19 in how many games? 69. Nice. Brought, brought up a lot on this show. Nice. Um, is it unrealistic to think he could get to 30 goals in the other's top six? I don't know. I think, think so. it's very realistic. What's his career high again? What was 27, 27, which was, uh, four years ago. So Columbus. When he was in Columbus, Columbus with yeah. zero around him. And I like, I don't watch Montreal games, but it looks like he was on the third line for most of the year, or at least for the last game of the season, he was on the third line with Dvorak and I don't know to say his guy's name. Yeah, I'm going to look similar up. to McDavid and Drysaddle. Yeah. What you're saying. Yes. Now imagine him on a wing with McDavid or Dreisaitl. Cause your Vander Kane replacement. There you go. And he's physical. Like we said, six for three. Does he skate well? Yeah, he's a big man. Good skater. Yep. I don't know. I don't think it's like that bad. And I think when you think about it too is, okay, Vander Kane is 30. And if you want to have him to a three-year deal, say he would be 33 at the end of his deal. Mm -hmm. Now you get Josh Anderson for a million and a half cheaper until the same age. And he's two years younger. It's doable. I don't think it's reasonable. Yeah. I don't think it's like out of the question, but I do agree with Tyler. If Montreal doesn't want to give him up, then yeah. what are we giving up to get him? Is it a first and Puyavi? Because if it's that, then. Oh, I think it's Barry. I think Montreal likes Barry, yeah. But yeah. do you not think Montreal would want a young forward? I don't know if Montreal gives a shit. Can I interest you in Raphael Lavoie? Fogel's young ish. Yeah. 
Yeah, twenty six. I also, I, I'm also. You guys know me. And he's French. Warren Fogel really. fan club over here. Yeah. I like, I like Fogel. I like, like Fogel I, too. I, I, like I like Fogel. Fogel. I think Montreal might. They might sit there and be like, "You're going to give us a D man, and you're going to give us Josh Anderson light in Warren Fogel if they really like him." Okay, then Montreal, you got to give us something back to add on to it if mm-hmm. you like him that much, right? Like, I mean, what what if they come and say they'll give us a second added on to it? Oh, good lord! Kiss Jeff Gordon on the lips, right? I mean. Maybe. I mean, I think I think the whole Barry thing is contingent on what happens with Jeff Petrie, too. Yeah, and I bet you they move right. him this and summer. If they, and if they move him, who do they have on their right side? David Savard and fuck all. Chris Justin Barron. Chris Weidman, guest of Suitcase and the Scribe. He's a, yeah, he's a righty. Wednesday. Yep. Go right, so I think, that's, that I think that's a realistic thing. Just to throw in, uh, something out there quickly. What if they gave us the rights to Lagason? Hey, Billy Legs. Yeah, I think, you know what? Strads makes that deal any day of the week. Is he still, he's not under contract, right? Like no, that guy's yeah. signing in Europe, that's, right? That's why I just said. He's got Rex. great hair. Great hair. Excellent hair. He's 26 and still fighting his feet. I think he's got a chance. Back to the goaltending for a second. I see on Frank Saravalli's trade targets list over at dailyfaceoff.com. John Gibson is reportedly available. That would probably be a big ticket for a trade. He is assigned at 6.4 with five years left. Would anybody have interest in trying to unlock? Tyler says no. I say no too. Mike Mc- also no. Mike McKenna doesn't like his advanced numbers, and I trust Mike McKenna when it comes to all things goaltending. Frank Cervalli's raised some questions about his attitude and body language in Anaheim and how he likes well, to- they are, uh, they are terrible. Well, yeah, like they, they aren't good, um, but like- Anthony Stolarz went in there and played good this year. And, you know, John Gibson didn't. And I just, Oiler, once an Oiler, always an Oiler. Yep. I just, I don't know. I don't think, I'm not taking on that Gibson contract. It's too risky. All right. And his numbers have just dropped consistently year over year the last couple yeah. of years. And I just, I just, I'm not about it. The thing with goaltending, like, okay, so Josh Anderson, his contract sucks. Or it's not good. If you're wrong on the Josh Anderson bet, you play him on your third line. You got an Albatross contract. That's life. If you're wrong on John Gibson, you're fucked. Yep. Because it's a high ticket. It is. And it's the spot where you can't hide them. Right. Like you are making the plunge for John Gibson. And if you're wrong, game over. All right. Different name for you then. Topping Frank Saravalli's trade list, Alex Debrinkat, 24 years old, former teammate of Connor McDavid. It'll cost you so much. Mm -hmm. He has a qualifying offer next summer of $9 million. So you're getting Debrinkat as a rental maybe. But then what? You're going to pay that price for an RFA forward knowing you probably can't afford him next summer? And you'd also have to like, I would imagine you'd have to move a guy like Yamamoto. You can't have both of those guys in your top six. It'd probably be like Yamamoto, Holloway, and a first. Like it'd be a monster at package. At least. At least. To bring it's like 23 or whatever and he scores 40 goals. Yep. 24. You know what's really painful? Oh, you're going to talk about... Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. I'm sorry. They should have drafted him. They should have drafted didn't. him. They took Benson over him. Made yep. no sense. It sucks. Made no sense. Yeah, well, you know, Southside Athletic Club, right? Mm-hmm. Love the sack. A lot of guys from out of there. Mm-hmm. Stuart Skinner, former e-bug Matt Berlin. That's right. He was an e-bug in the last playoff game. Yep. yep. Talking about defense, Jacob Chitrin's name still available, 24 years old, three more seasons of 4.6. Not happening. I don't know why. Why what? Why are the Oilers not after this guy? Where would you play him? On defense. Yes. First line left wing. So you got you, <laughs> you you play him on the left side on the second pair with Evan Bouchard. Yeah, okay. So I guess you're getting him and you let Kulak walk and you're going nurse Chikrin Keith next year. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I think they have bigger fish to fry. 
I think maybe now, but why didn't they do it before? That was my thing. It's like this guy's on the board. What is he? 24? Because yeah. 4.6. Holland was scared to trade the pick. He was, that's, that's the reason why. He had enough opportunity to trade the pick in the season. Yeah. Um, also, sorry, I just want to circle back to Debrinket quickly. Um, I think I think Barstool Chief or whatever, the Hawks guy that they have, did a Twitter space where he was talking about trade options for Debrinket and Debrinket joined the call. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, He's like hanging out. Him and uh, Strom are hanging out in the chat, oh, listening no. to what they're <laughs> saying. Oh, no, that's awkward. That's good. That'll I be an it. interesting player, actually. Do you think there's any chance Dylan Strom comes to the Oilers? I think there's a shot. Him and McDavid were besties. Besties. He looked insane. good on Connor's wing. He looked good in junior on Connor's wing. Again, so I talked about this. I did a radio hit today, and they're like, oh, what do you do if you don't get Kane? And I was like, well, if you don't get Kane, you're not going and spending $7 million on another winger. If Strom doesn't get qualified, he's a UFA, so he costs you nothing but money. What if your replacement for Kane was Strom and then giving up some futures to get lost in Kraus? And then we trade Dylan Strom for Ryan Spooner's brother. <laughs> Does <laughs> he have Ryan a brother? Spooner's wife, because she's good. What's yeah. her name? Nat- Natalie Spooner? That, they're, I don't think they're good. related at all. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? For the sake of the they're podcast, not, they are. Really? Yeah. We're, we're trying to tie some. We're trying to make ties here. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, uh, married. Mm. No, they're definitely not married. Ryan Spooner's wife, I think, has uh, like a jewelry line. Oh, I used to follow him on Instagram when he played Sorry, video. Mrs. Of ah, yeah, um, so he's married to Mrs. Pandora, and he doesn't, and and he doesn't have any family uh, it, that played hockey. So ah. tough break, boys. Ah. That is too bad. Well, Ryan Spooner, though, this season with Avtomobilist Yekati Rinberg, uh, had one more time. Points and 40 I want to hear that one more time. Uh, at Ad, Avtom, holy shit! I, Avtomobilist Yekaterinburg, mm-hmm. and if you I say it, that and if you play that audio backwards, it's actually the same <laughs> each way. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, okay, so the Oilers have got some interesting moves to make. What else I got on my list here? Oh, they picked 29th this year at the NHL draft. Chris Peters over at dailyfaceoff.com released his draft rankings today. Tyler, what kind of just, uh, what has he got lined up around that spot? I'll read you from 25 to 32. Please. Brad Lambert. Love That's that an guy. interesting one. The Saskatchewan boy from Finland. Yeah. Pardon? <laughs> wasn't wasn't <laughs> he at one point like projected to be a top five pick? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was right. Savoy and Lambert was the top three. Yeah. So Lambert's dad played... I think his name might be Brad too. No, his name is Lane and he uh, coaches the Islanders now. That's his dad? I believe so. I'll double check. I don't know. I didn't know that. But does he know Ryan Spooner's brother? (laughs) Or wife. I'm really good in these family connections. (laughs) Um, His mom is from Finland and he lived in Finland with his mom. No, sorry. His uncle is Lane Lambert. And his dad is Ross Lambert. And he played. Oh, I know Ross Lambert. He played in the dough. Oh. He played in a dub with like blades, I think. What else? Yes, you did. Oh. Who's next? Uh, this guy, just all name team, Jimmy Snuggerud. <laughs> oh, I definitely draft Jimmy <laughs> Snuggerud. That's made up. Uh, Lion Bichel, a defenseman from Lexan. His name Sweden. is Lion? Lion. I like that. Uh, number 28, Owen Pickering from the WHL Swift Current Broncos. Liam? Very good player. I think he's like 6'5 and he skates really well. Had 33 points in 62 games. He was on Canucks Army recently. Oh, what's that podcast called? Uh, Canucks Convo. He was on there. Go check that one out. Number 29, Sam Rinzel from the Waterloo Blackhawks of the USHL. He is a, according to Chris, big raw blue liner. 
Why you got a smile on your face? <laughs> Number 30, Philip Mesar from Slovakia uh, played for Pop Rod. He's quick and shifty and is exceptionally fun to watch. One thing I'm realizing as you're reading these names, I love the fact that I have no idea what the fuck's going on in the draft. <laughs> all right. What th- a beautiful luxury that is. Number 31, nice another uh, candidate for the all name team, Luca Del Bell Belouz. Ooh, I like that. There one. are four parts of that name. Del Bell Belouz. I like that a lot. Not as much as Snuggaroo, though, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And number 32. We can get that guy a Snuggy sponsorship yeah. for show. Noah Ostlin from Sweden. Um, so what do we got here? Like, what's the breakdown of positions around that spot? Uh, so 25, Lambert's a center winger. Snuggerud's a winger. Bischel's a D. Pickering's a D. Rinzel's a D. And the last two I said, uh, Macer and Delbel Belouz are uh, both forwards. So if Chris Peters is saying that 20 through 60 yeah. are relatively the same, why wouldn't you kind of move back? Because what do the others have yeah. this year? They have their first... Fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh. I can see yeah. them trading down. Yeah. Um, can I just share with you the rest of the really cool names in the first round? Absolutely. Um, at number f- six, you have Cutter Gauthier. Hell yeah. Cutter. I, I, I draft Cutter Gauthier if I'm in six spot. WHL? OHL, right? He's in, yeah, he's a, no, U.S. National Development Team. <sighs> Seems like a dub Close. name. Um, Marco Casper. I like that. One. Uh, fan of the ghost and mattress Jagger Furcus. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah I've actually heard a lot of really good things about him. Uh, Rutger McGrordy, who sounds yes. like he should be a movie star. Oh, absolutely. I'd watch his movies. He's an action star. Yep. Drives a nice car. Uh, I just want to try saying this one. Ivan Miroshnichenko. Miroshnichenko. We can get there. Yep. That's not bad. And that's all the good names. Apologies to anyone who I didn't say. Your name's not cool enough. Uh, Taylor Yamchuk. Happens. You know what? I wonder what they're going to do with the draft this year. How drunk will I be by the time their 29th pick rolls around? It's on a Thursday. Hey, last Thursday. Of the I'm going to be in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Could you meet some of the all name team for us? Yeah. Like I'd like some selfies or something. That actually would be a neat project. Tyler interviews the all name team. Pronunciations. Yep. So that guy, uh, New Jersey drafted a few years ago. Do you remember? Oh, oh yeah. Wasn't he on the panel? I don't remember like, his name. Really unsure to say his name. Correctly. Yeah. I can't um, remember his name. That's tough though. That would be a tough one. And he was from like Northern Russia or something. Yeah. And crazy. he's playing like, good too, right? Yeah, like he's yeah. come up and actually, uh, Yegor Sharangovich, was he the one? No, 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 no. Oh, it was another one. I think it was. It began with an M. Oh, Shakir Muk. Yep. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. <laughs> Just let me size it up because I want to try to do it right. Shakir Makamadulin. Shakir Makamadulin. Sounds right. It sounds good. Yeah. Shakira. Really. Shakira. Shakira. His hips don't lie either. Nope. Never do. Pivots well. All right. For our friends at BustersPizza.ca, it is time for Ask the Idiots. If you don't know what the bit is, what are you doing with your life? You send me questions. I asked the boys, they haven't seen him. You got a chance to win a GC from our friends at Buster's Pizza, right? It's Friday. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to win a GC on a Friday night? Come on. Come on. All right. So he, I've got three questions, boys. You have not seen any of these, correct? Correct. Correct. Zach, you're filling in. I'm going to ask you first. If you could be a fly on the wall in Oilers, in the Oilers GM office at any point in Oilers history, what period are you choosing? Holy shit. That's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's. Pro- I think for me, it's probably the last days of Peter Chiarelli's era. 
That's exactly the answer I was going to say. I think it's just the fact that he sold low on so many players, brought in Alex Petrovic and Brandon Manning. Mm. Like, I think those days would have been really interesting to see what it was like inside the Oilers' offices. Liam, you're the next fill-in. You're a fly on the wall in the Oilers' GM office, but at what point? I'm trying to think of some time Ken Holland would have spoken to Connor McDavid after a season. Just to kind of see what goes down there. Maybe after Winnipeg, they got swept by Winnipeg. Mm, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Being like, what now? That'd be a good one. Tyler? That was a good one from Zach. Just in those last days when it probably would have just been absolutely mayhem. Um, you think about it. Petrovic, Manning, re-signed Koskinen. All within like a matter of months before he was let go. Yeah. Hmm. I will say... I'll say the summer when they traded Hall for Larson and uh, did the Puyarvi pick as well, just to like get finally know for sure, like what went down on draft day, what, how hard did they search for a trade for Taylor Hall or did they seek out Larson? Like how did all of that really play out the Lucic negotiation? You know, why didn't, what was his name? The D man, Jason Demers. Yeah, Demers. What didn't he like about his tour in the construction hat? Why didn't he choose us? I was thinking about those tours of uh, Roger's place before it opened. How many times do you think that Taylor Hall saw the skeleton of that building? And they're like, this is where you're going to play Taylor. And then before it even opened, they're like, see you later. Go in a Jersey. Uh, so you guys both took my answers. The Shirelli period is fascinating to me. Um, I'm going to go back to 2006. I want to know the pronger answer. That's, uh, I was going to throw that one in there as an honorable mention because that would be really cool. I want to know what happened. Yeah. Days after losing game seven of the Stanley Cup finals, Pronger asked for a trade. What the fuck? I want to know that whole story. Well, it's interesting to you because you hear Craig McTavish talk nowadays and there's a sense of regret that he has over the way things transpired in that offseason. Did, didn't he say that on the rundown, Ty? McTavish was like, we should have done more to keep that together. Yeah, I think that's where I, I, think yeah, that's where I was talking about it. Wasn't... Um, Chris Pronger did a video for the Oilers the other day. Yeah, I heard about I, that. The first time the, I've seen his face on anything Oilers. Yeah, I, for I, the like, Joey I Moss wasn't here stuff. for 06, but <laughs> that's the first time I've seen Chris Pronger on any place of Well, you know what, Liam? It's the first time any of us have to. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, I have a quick honorable mention. Please. Uh, Shirelli telling Connor McDavid that they had acquired Brandon Manning. Oh, that'd be oh. a good one. Yeah. Be like, that'd be a great one. Oh, oh, who did you trade? Jirai Kajula. <laughs> I would also like to hear, and there's not a GM thing, I guess I'd like to know. I would have liked to hear what happened between Mac T being the GM and then Shirelli being the GM. There was no interview. There was nothing. They won the lottery and then shoop, yeah. gone. Actually a quick funny thing about that. Shire- uh Kajula trade was Kajula needed somewhere to skate before he went to Chicago. So he skated with the show park crusaders. Mm-hmm. I remember walking out of my office once and he had this, no- he played for North Dakota. I think mm-hmm. he had a North Dakota helmet on skating around show park arena. I was like, who the fuck is that? And I like got a little closer and he was on the old Drake Kajula was waiting for his uh, hmm. work permit to go through and everything he was there for like a week. Hmm. Should have went and skated with him. Drake Kajula in 21, 22 only played 18 games with the Blackhawks, two goals, three assists for five points. Free agent this year. Bring yes. it back. You could do worse. I'd like to bring back Peter Nedved for a third time. If we're going to bring somebody back, you know, who knows what he could do. Just give him a chance. Uh, next question. Ask the idiots for our friends at Buster's pizza. Liam, I'm going to start with you this time. 
You can take over Ken Holland's body and make one move this offseason, be it a trade signing, etc. What is that move? Or a dance move. <laughs> yeah, you can just bust a move. Maybe like Ken Holland, you'd do the worm or something. That'd be really fun. <laughs> well, the gritty would be my dance move. Well, of course. Ken Holland. That'd yeah. be good. I could see that in yeah. some uh, any Ken- Fortnite moves also. Yeah. Oh, the default dance. Um what would what would my one move be if mm-hmm. I was him? I would um, I would, oh, I don't know, I guess sign camper. <laughs> like that yeah. would be my move. Like Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think that's probably the most logical one. Um, I don't know. Get Alex to bring it for a fifth round pick. That'd be mm. pretty tight. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Tyler. Uh, my dance move would be the stanky leg. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice and, uh, I would also sign camper. I'd like to learn how to Dougie. And I think Ken Holland's body is the perfect vessel for such a, <laughs> such a maneuver. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, Ken Holland hitting a soldier boy? You. Oh, he's Superman in them hoes. Um, <laughs> what move would I do though? God, I'm telling you people, this is why you listen to ONR. Holy yeah. shit. What is my move? Well, I know he's playing next year. But if I'm Ken Holland, I'm at Duncan Keith's house in Kelowna or wherever the fuck he's at every single day. And I'm telling him to stay home until eventually I bully him into retiring. I'd go golfing and I'd be like, all right, Duncan, closest to the pin. If I'm closest, you have to retire. If you're closest, I give you a two-year extension. (laughs) And I just really pray to God I make a good shot. I thought you were going to go on a much darker angle with the golf thing too. So I'm glad uh, (laughs) you didn't say that. Look at the view. (laughs) I'm standing by this ledge. No, we don't condone that. Nope. No, we do not. Last question for Ask the Idiots. Tyler, I'm starting with you this time. A question coming all the way from Newcastle, Australia. The first game I ever, the first hockey game I ever watched was game two of the Oilers versus Kings. And from there, I've been obsessed and have binge listened to all of the ONRs since 2022 began. And even though we're out of the, out of the race now, I'm still an Oilers fan. I'm a diehard now. My question for all you guys is, what is the one stupid rule you would change that makes no sense? Because there are some rules I cannot make sense of as I'm trying to learn this game. The trapezoid. Oh, I, I'm surprised you said that one. Um, why? Oh, um, the one I always say, actually, why does the team that takes penalty get to ice the puck? You should start to play by the rules if you take a penalty. I don't get that one. Is that your rule change? That's my rule change, yeah. Zach, what do you got? Abolish offsides. <laughs> Cherry picking all day. You know what? Fuck you. Bring back two line passes. My answer. <laughs> <laughs> Liam. Mine would be, uh, define what control and possession actually means. So you can call off sides. Oh, Liam, you're so salty. I am hundred percent salty. The I only reason the others lost the series was that call. And <laughs> <laughs> all went away the other way. Uh, uh, there's just so many weird, like if you're, I'm trying to think of if you're a new fan and you're trying to figure out hockey, Offside can be confusing, um, but there's offside in sports like soccer. And you know what I do? Right? You know what I do? This is just because it annoys me now because everybody does it. I'd put in, I'd put it in like a basketball, no over and back in OT. But that's just if you're a beginner, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Probably yeah, that makes it more confusing. I think when I started watching the hockey, the hockey, hockey, the the hardest rule to find to get used to was the offside. Really. Yeah, just because it was hard to kind of understand like why guys were just like standing there waiting like initially. Like you get used to it, obviously, but like mm-hmm. it's like why is that guy just not going into the zone now? Like why is he just dumping it from 
that line. How old would you have been when you watched your first like NHL game? My first NHL game was when Eberle scored that goal against Calgary. So what was, oh, it was season 2010. Opener. So how old yeah. am I now? 26, six, uh, 14. Wow. Yeah. Now I know all the rules. Any other rules that you guys still, any other rules you guys can think of that just as you're like, if you're a new fan, what's the most confusing rule about hockey? People not hitting goaltenders. Hmm. Mm. They've got the most padding on. You got mm. the most padding. They are skating outside of their crease. I say free game. The trapezoid one is interesting because that was like a Marty Turco rule from a hundred years ago. Know, right? And now goalies outside, I mean, outside of Schmitty because he battles, they don't really wander out all that far anymore. Yeah. Like it's just dumb. Uh, I would, I would take away the puck over glass penalty and I'm make it, just treat it like an icing. Like you can't change if you shoot the puck over the glass. Cause you, you can on one side of the ice, but you can't on your own. Side I know of the it's ice. very it's weird. right? Weird. Yeah. I would also change icing. I think just like bring back the races. So more guys get hurt. <laughs> just Love stuff for, like, why don't you say that to Curtis Foster's face? <laughs> Unbelievable. Disrespectful. Him, uh, Taylor for Dune. Yeah. Taylor. Uh, for Dune. Yeah. We had a couple He's of a good boy though. Maybe I would yep. keep it. Not like I wouldn't get rid of ice but just like change it a little bit. Like sometimes you watch it and it's like, he was clearly over the red line and that was an ice Like, I guess it's more just like refs being better. I don't know how our linesman linesman who cares. They're all in stripes. All- and the slow motion replays. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good sport. one. Hockey like is too that. fast of a damn sport for there to be slow motion replays. In sports like like football and basketball, I think it's a little bit more logical. I, I think in a sport like hockey where you're skating around with blades that can kill people, I mean, I just think it's my counter necessary. Arg- my counter argument would be if you're going to do the review, just get it right. Because like, can you yeah. imagine if a call doesn't go your way and then when you slow it down, you're like, oh my God, like they got it wrong. Like if at that point, I would just say get rid of reviews. Yeah, fair enough. I'm good with that. I think reviews are necessary. Really, at the end of the day, all of us just hate Matt Deshane. Really? Well, that linesman, like if that one linesman just calls that Matt Deshane one properly, we're not here right now. (laughs) He was fucking five feet offside. Can you Uh, imagine being a new fan watching that game? I thought that was off. Okay. Um, The the number of missed calls would be hard to adjust to as a new fan. yeah. Yeah. Like... That's just the tripping? inconsistency of like, I don't know how you can make it a rule, but like call the rule book. It doesn't matter whether yeah. it's the first period, the third period or the Stanley cup playoffs, just call the rule book. A hook is a hook is a slash is a slash. It's, it's even like when we were talking about the key thing, we were like, Oh, that guy's ruthless. Yeah. The fact Sportsnet did a full segment and just laughed at the officiating yeah. drove me absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like it's even in that game to show how unbiased I am. Cassian lined up Josh Manson on the boards and absolutely crushed him in the numbers and nothing was called. And then Cassian got the, the hold him that Lannis got the hold and stuff. It's just like the inconsistency is so frustrating to watch. Yeah, that's fair. I also imagine new fans would probably be confused when, I mean, it's not that confusing, but if a guy loses his helmet accidentally or otherwise he just leaves the ice, no matter where yeah. he's at. Like I get it from a injury standpoint, but it's just like, what uh, a goalie. How about this one? A goalie cannot have black tape on the knob of his stick. I don't get that one. That might look like the puck. Yeah, it might look like the puck. I don't know. Might confuse the goal horn guy. Shout out to the goal horn guys everywhere. You just had one the other day. Yeah, that was so bad. <laughs> that was so. That's why. That's why I thought about it. 
uh, a hand pass is legal in your own zone, but not in the offensive zone. Yeah, that's a little odd. Is that a rule? Yep. I never knew that. Yep. I have this rule seventy nine two. There's so many times I've watched the game being like, "That's a hand pass," and nothing gets called. Okay, I had one of those. But if you swat it out of your zone into the neutral zone, and your teammate touches it in the neutral zone, it is a hand pass. God, that seems complicated. I think you should be allowed to score. Shout out to Blake Coleman. I think you should be allowed to score with your foot, provided your skates on the ice. Yeah, I love. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was about to make like just a funny off the cuff joke, but then I remembered Brett would clip it and now I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning Tyler. <laughs> All right, boys, there's your ask the idiots questions for our friends at Buster's pizza. Go check them out at busterspizza.ca. I promise you there's a location here. Yeah. This is such a long episode. We were literally sitting here. We're like, ah, oh, we have no prep. We well, we're going to wrap it up here, 20. Tyler. We just, got, Let's go. we just got to vote on who gets the GC. So option one is fly on the wall for a GM era. You take over Ken Holland's body and teach him how to Dougie or three. What is a rule you would change in the NHL? Uh, G uh, fly on the wall. Liam. I would do uh, the second one. Cause I just imagine Ken Holland dancing numerous times in my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Going fly on the wall. That was a great question. So there you go. Fly on the wall. Sean Maloney. You get the, Hey Sean, we got your name right. And you won a prize. Good job, man. Yep. So there you go. I will reach out to you post podcast. Time to get the buttons ready for the hot and cold performers for our friends at Twig and Berries. If you go to twigandberries.ca, use the nation promo code or the promo code nation15, get yourself a little discount. You want to shop online? They got plenty of options for you right there on the front of the scene screen. You could be as handsome as bearded Brad in a brand new ODR hoodie. I look at their hoodies and they're very, very nice. I've got a, the Connor hoodie is what I've got and it is excellent. I wear that thing all the time. Very comfortable, very warm. Uh, Twigandberries.ca, or if you're in St. Albert or around the city, go check them out in store out in St. Albert. You might even see Tyler. You might even see Tyler. Maybe he'll give you a fashion show. Maybe he won't. I'll have to ask nicely. We're going to start off with our veggies as we always do with our cold performers of what, what should we do here, Tyler? Because we just did this. Cold performers of the we, season? I, no, I think we need to just do cold performers of the week again. Okay. So I'm going to start with you. What's your Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week? That guy at the Rangers lightning game who cheap shotted that oh rain, that lightning fan oh and just God. decked him. Like if you did that on the ice, you'd have a meeting with the department of player safety. Maybe. You do that off the ice. You go to court, my guy. Yeah. You, you have a meeting, meeting with, with, a judge. with a judge and I think he will cause he was arrested. So that dude, uh, that was a cheap shot, man. You're my cold performer of the week. That was shocking. It's hockey. Calm down. Oh, death cold. Like I get it that the Rangers lost last night after being up 2-0 in the series, but like, dude, pull your fucking Chill. life together. Uh, Zach, your Twig and Berry's cold from the week. Mine is going to be to the pollen that is currently making oh, my allergies. Oh my horrible. god! Just terrible, terrible start to the summer. I'm upset. Liam, your Twig and Berry's cold from the week. FIFA. How could you not pick the city to host a World Cup game? Ah, yeah. Vancouver finally gets to watch Alfonso Davies back in their city and they get 17,000 people. We had 50,000 when it was minus 30. We had a combined over 92,000 people here in the middle of November to watch Canada play twice. And I was lucky enough to be at one. Did you guys, you went to one? It was unbelievable. It was the second best sporting event I've ever been to besides game seven. So it was one for a while. So screw you FIFA. Are you thrilled? I'm not. I didn't really think about this. Uh, my Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week is just, I guess, the fact that we had season ending interviews on Wednesday instead of game five. Just hurt, you know? Just hurt. You're as cold as ice. 
Finishing the podcast off on a positive note, Zach Lang, I'm coming to you first. Your Twig and Berries Hot Performer of the Week. Um, my Hot Performer of the Week is to Elliot Friedman, who gave me a very, very kind shout out on Twitter this week. He did not have to do that, uh, but it was very nice of him. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. So at the end of the day, you're really the hot performer here. Apparently. Right. Liam, your Twig and Berries Hot Performer of the Week. Um, is this... If this really is the end, I'll give it to Mike Smith. It's been a roller coaster, but it's been a lot of fun. So thanks. Thanks, Smitty. Thanks for letting us make t shirts. It's getting hot in here. Tyler, your Twig and Berry Top Performer of the Week. Toronto Blue Jays called up uh, star prospect Gabriel Mourinho from AAA Buffalo, and I'm very excited for him to uh, be playing baseball for the Bluebirds. And I'm also very excited for us, Bag Milk, because we're going to be in Toronto together August mm-hmm. 12th to 15th as part of the Nation Vacation Baseball Edition and sort of Soccer Edition. We are flying out on Friday the 12th. We watch a baseball game on the 12th, soccer game on the 13th, TFC, baseball game on the 14th, Fly home on the 15th. $13.99 is how much this trip costs. It gets you your tickets to the baseball games. We're sitting in the home run zone, baby. Your tickets to the soccer game, a custom t-shirt, your flights to and from, your transportation to and from the airport in Toronto, and three nights in a downtown Toronto hotel. That is a banging deal. We are going to have a banging time. It's available at nationgear.ca, and that trip is my hot performer of the week. Yeah! Uh, Inspired by Liam, I guess. Um, uh, my Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week is I'm going to give it a shout out to Miko. No, uh, Zach wrote about it or I guess Cam wrote about, it, I should say over at weathersnation.com report Miko Koskinen likely to play in Switzerland next season that came out, uh, in late May. Hasn't always been a smooth ride, Miko, but you know what? You're a damn fine soldier. I would assign that contract too. They overplayed you sometimes. They overplayed you sometimes. So Miko Koskinen, I wish you well. We speak your name, sir. So big guy is Miko, we hardly knew ye. You were here for five years. I, I still uh, feel like we I'd don't argue, know you. Have we got to know him pretty well? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We know his flaws. <laughs> we know he's got, a, he's, he's got a wiener dog. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious. I still love that photo of him. Yeah, with the dog. The dog. So. We know that if Tyler dry, drops a Bud Light Sodi right in front of him in Los Angeles, he won't say a word about it. That was one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. <laughs> Derek Ryan also won't say a thing about it. And the other thing is like... <laughs> I know I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you go. So for Tyler, Liam, Zach, and myself, this is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 204. I just want to say thank you to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza, Twig and Berries. Most importantly, all of you for riding with us. We'll be back some point next week. There you go. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.